Here's something that you won't hear very often, that even if you feel like your life is boring and completely unrelatable, even if you're broke and you don't have a support team to help you create content, you can actually still break through the noise and make an impact. My name is Justin Koo, and you're listening to the Digital Missions Podcast. Yo, Justin here, and you are listening to the Digital Missions Podcast, where our goal is to equip pastors like you with the skills needed to reach your first million people with the gospel. Now, here's the thing. You might hear me say that week after week with a certain degree of skepticism, but I actually do mean it. You. You specifically can reach millions with the gospel. Now, it has been my experience as I've gone to teach around the world that inevitably, some of the objections that I get are, but my life is boring. We don't actually have a large budget and I really don't know where to start. And that's the context for this week's episode. Pastor Tom Kaiser is the kind of person who might have believed those lies not too long ago. He might have thought that the digital missions thing is, is, is only available for superstars. That is, until he got started. Tom runs a YouTube channel with his wife and his two girls and has successfully grown an audience of over 100,000 subscribers in the last few years reached over 7 million people. His story starts at the intersection of toxic church, video games, and the gospel. This is Tom's story. I've been a pastor for full-time for about 12 years and about 15 years total. I think my church members would think that I am a loving, caring, intellectual person who can be a little scatterbrained and all over the place at times. But I'm also, I also love tech stuff. When I was in the army, I was a weapons specialist. And so I repaired guided missile systems and firearms, uh, large firearms, 50 caliber fire, 50 caliber machine guns and things like this. So I've always really enjoyed that. When I, when I was in high school, uh, I did a lot of construction and welding. So I've always enjoyed some of, you know, the tech sides of those things, like the tools and things that go along with it. And so that did transition quite well when I started getting over into it. And of course, you know, I've been playing video games since, you know, when, when Atari first came out and I could sit there and go, doo, doo, and I could push a little button and move a thing. You move a thing on the screen, you know, the little little joystick for those that are old enough to remember those things. I'm very passionate about evangelism. I've been going to EC3 and I was always interested in alternative ways of doing evangelism and outreach and missions. And as a way, and so the story goes way back to probably 2000, probably 2015, 2014, I was in a pretty, pretty toxic church environment. And, um, I, as a way to get away and get a break from it, I'd play games. And it was through the process of playing games where I, I started playing online games because I was never really big into the multiplayer online games. And I started playing this game with a, an old army buddy of mine and uh, got addicted because, and then he stopped playing. And so I was trying to find other people to play with. And so I started making some friends. And through that, I learned about Twitch and the gaming community and whatnot. And um, because of my patience, I, I'm quite patient when it comes to that. I was helping people with games and do harder content in games. And everybody kind of knew me as the PG guy. That was what they called me because, you know, I didn't cuss, which is very unusual in a lot of gaming communities and things like this. And so fast forward, I did that for, for several years where I would play some games, help people out. And I, so I was already somewhat familiar with the ability to be able to use gaming as a ministry. And so, cause I had gotten to do while doing that, I had gotten to do marriage counseling with a couple. I got to do Bible studies on creationism cause I had my own experience with creation evolution in my own coming into the church type of thing. Cause I didn't grow up in the church. I came to the church much later in life. And I got to do, I've got to do so many studies through the medium of just using playing video games on Twitch. In fact, I, I got invited to do a guest lecture at uh, Andrews university um, in a demon program talking on how the, on alternative ministries. And so that happened 
I believe the summer before you came to EC3. And so when I went up there and I saw something on how to use, you know, how to use social media to be able to influence people, I was already dabbling in that. I kind of played around with it. So when I left there, I had never really thought about directly using them. I always like, I've always liked the ministry of presence, being there with people, you know, being that person that people can go to. And so I wanted to be a little bit more direct, but not like direct, direct. Because I did my direct, direct with public evangelism. I did, I did the the traditional um, four, five, six week series. I've done those every year since I've been a pastor. Um, I've done the door to door knocking. I've done Bible studies with people and stuff like this. So, and, and when I'm doing my own personal stuff, I like the, a, a different approach. So, it really appealed to me to go to those meetings. And it just so happened. And again, this is a part of the story you probably don't know, Justin. Is um, I went to your meetings more because I was lazy than I was because <laughs> of the topic matter. Because Richie Halverson. And his dad, uh, his dad, were doing a seminar in the same room as you. Were right before you, and I didn't want to get up and move somewhere else. And I'm like, this does look interesting. This, I mean, it looked the topic did look interesting. And so, but then I saw, I saw your passion. I'm like, man, this is this is really cool. What you're doing with this whole YouTube thing, this whole Christian, that Christian blogger, and that you were just living your life and experiencing that, and how that all transpired. I'm like, hey, what you know? And that's where we start. That's where I really came up to that because I got really interested. Um, I'd never heard of you before. I looked at him like, oh, this guy's actually got some cred, you know. I mean, he's got a few followers here. He's got more than just a, you know, he's got more than some of the other guys I watch on. There's some of the guys I watch on YouTube. So, and that's kind of what piqued my interest is because you had already done something and you had done something differently, and that's what like, well, hey, maybe that you know, maybe I could do this. I'm not as as in high energy as what you were then. But I, I know that this is something that I, I do have the ability to get in front of a camera. I know what it's like to look at a webcam and talk to a webcam. I know what it's like to to do some of these aspects. I know how to, I, know, I already know a lot of the software things. I know how to use things like OBS. I know how to use uh, video editing. So I already have ideas on how to use all this stuff. And so maybe this, maybe God was using some of these things that I had done to kind of relieve my own stress to be able to reach other people in a more impactful way. The thing that I got the most from that seminar specifically is just do it, right? Um, as far as like the YouTube stuff, because what had always prevented me from going on YouTube specifically was I'm not Mark Finley. I'm not Doug Batcher. There's people who are, who've been in front of a camera for a long time. They're very good at it. They've got high production value. They've got a team behind them that can help them out. They can just focus on preparing the word and preaching the word and then let the results, leave the results up to God. This is one of the biggest lies that we keep coming back to, that there's someone better than me. And as you can hear, Tom wasn't immune to this either. But just in case that today is one of those days that you needed a friendly reminder, let me read to you Ephesians 1. All praise to God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Never forget this. There are far too many opportunities in ministry to move our mind from the abundance that we have in Christ when we compare ourselves with others that are out there. You need to think about this. You are not bankrupt. You are not powerless. You are not pouring from an empty cup. The Spirit of God is alive in you to give you boldness and confidence in preaching the gospel. I mean, can I get an amen here? We teach this in our churches all the time, but it's so easy to forget when we're the ones now stepping out of our comfort zones. We have been given every spiritual blessing, and this is me reminding you that you have the privilege to believe this. Now, I know that you chose to tune into the Digital Missions Podcast, not the quiet hour. So let me get off my soapbox and let's get back to our story. There's always somebody out there that can do it better than me. And when I, when you presented what you had been doing, I still thought that, well, of course, this guy's going to be better than me at this. But 
he's not Mark Finley and still able to do something. He doesn't have this budget. And and the thing that blew my mind is your first year, you know, you made two thousand you made twenty thousand dollars, but you spent eighteen thousand dollars. So then that so you made two thousand dollars over a whole year. I'm like, this guy doesn't have the budget behind him that somebody like Mark Finley or Dwight Nelson or or whoever else has on this. So that was what was really appealing to me as somebody with base that with a basic drive to do it. Well, maybe more than a basic drive, more of a superhuman drive, but had did not have a ton of more resources as I did. You know, obviously everybody's got the same amount of time in the day, but you were busy, you were trying to take care of family. I mean, you had so many things that were going on and it was not just a, well, I, all I do is this. There was, well, all I do is this, but I've got a super supportive wife, but there's so many things that just, it appealed to me. Of course, you know, you're, you're closer to my age and everything like this. So there was a lot of things that just really appealed to me about that. So um, it broke down a lot of barriers. Oh, that's awesome. One of the things that I, for me early on that kind of clicked was this understanding of what passion means. You hear this a lot in, in, this, in the creator space or in the kind of creative, uh, I don't know, you're, whether you're an artist, you're a musician or whatever. I'm really passionate about fill in the blank. And I think that what a lot of people mean when they use the idea of I'm passionate about fill in the blank is that I'm really excited about it. It makes me emotionally elated when I think about doing X, Y, or Z, which is really interesting because as I understand it, the idea of passion actually is derived at the cross. That the idea of passion, the passion of the Christ, is this idea of suffering. That one is passionate for something proportionate to the amount of suffering that they're willing to undergo for that thing. And for me, when I was saying like, listen, I'm passionate about reaching people for the gospel. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Like as a coal porter, I'm sleeping on floors and Sabbath school rooms all over the world. I am, you know, missing out on, on this and that. I'm in the hot sun, all these things. And even as a digital missionary, very passionate about reaching people online. So much to the extent that I'm kind of foregoing a air quotes real career for many years of my life. And I think that this is one of those things that a lot of people think that when you're starting the people who find success are the ones who didn't have any obstacles to overcome. I've actually found this almost nearly the exact opposite is that those people who didn't know what they were doing, who were struggling, if the person is kind of this natural at all the things that's required, they eventually end up giving up because there's a certain level of suffering, a certain level of passion that is required in order to actually break through the noise. And so I know that that's something for you, Tom, that, that you and your family uh, have really excelled at over the years. Um, you you guys have started this YouTube channel. It's been blowing up. It's been this awesome thing. Just the last couple of you know weeks or so, you guys cross a, a massive threshold, the 100,000 subscriber threshold. You guys should be getting your silver play button uh, in, in not not too long, which is really, yep. really exciting. Yeah, we should the, get that in the next two or three weeks. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know that the journey hasn't been easy. And so I, I'm just wondering, so you leave... You leave the, this conference and you end up starting your YouTube channel. And, and from your story, talking, you and I uh, have talked in the background. I know that you didn't have a viral video. It wasn't as though that your stuff started blowing up, but you were just kind of being more steady and faithful with what was presented for you. Can you talk to me about what these early stages of your family's YouTube? In fact, even if you can take a step backwards and talk to us about what your YouTube channel is all about and then talk to us about what this early season was like for you. Okay, well, I'll start off with the early season because that'll transition because what our YouTube channel started off as was not what it ended up as. So, um, you know, we we met in 2019. It was in the fall. It was um, it was around late. No, it was it was either November or December. I can't remember what transitional time because they transitioned from one time frame to the other. And I don't remember exactly when that was. And then we're like, I'm like, yeah, this all sounds great. I'm gonna go home and do this. I get really excited. And then Thanksgiving, Christmas, all these kind of things come up. And then we get to around January, February time frame, and I start thinking through this. I'm like. We really need to start something, but we're so busy, it's going to be really, really hard to do it. Well, 
Then a couple months later, this whole new thing came out that COVID and uh, you got to stay home. And so, well, we got to stay home for two weeks. We might as well start something, right? You know, this is going to be two weeks. We got to figure out what we're going to be doing. And so we decided to start our channel just um, about us talking about the Sabbath school quarterly, you know, within our faith, you know, it's our Bible lesson that we do every single week. It was pre-written content and just we, you, my wife and I dialogue about it. And, so, and it was a way for us to connect with our members because we weren't gonna be able to see our members as much. And so we started doing this every day. Um, we realized in about a week that that was uh, an unsustainable thing was to do a 20 minute video every single day for us because lo and behold, we realized as a pastor and teacher that uh, COVID uh, was not a time where we got to sit at home and do a whole lot of nothing. It was where we had to sit at home and figure out how to transition church and school to a digital format because this whole COVID thing ended up staying around more than just two weeks, like we originally told. And so um, we kept up with it on and off for that quarter, which was the second quarter of the year. And then by June, we were just like, we just can't really keep this up. Um, but let's keep up with the YouTube thing. Let's just start vlogging. We were gonna we were gonna make a COVID trip where we were gonna go and drive the Blue Ridge Parkway. And in that trip, you know, we can go camping. We don't have to be around a whole lot of people. Let's just kind of film it. We neither one of us had ever watched any vlogs really. When I did, when, whenever I found out about you, I started watching your some of, some of your vlogs. Now, um, no, for context, vlogs are videos documenting a person's life or an experience yep. of their own. It's it's kind of like a, the old school uh, home movies, as it were. Yeah, so we decided to do this whole vlogging thing, and thank you for that clarification. Um, video log, you know, it's a video blog, so where people would write out other stuff, where we would just video, we would just take our phones around with us and just start talking about what we were experiencing, filming us, you know, I remember filming specifically and stopping and and where we got to, where we got some food. My wife's like, oh, how is this food? And I'm like, it's good. I, I, I like fish and chips, so I mean, why are you putting the camera in my face while I'm eating? Because it was kind of odd to me, but we started we started doing this, and we, we, we had so much fun with it. Then when we went home, we edited it with just the iMovie, the free software that comes with the Mac, and uploaded it to YouTube, and then we're like, this is really, really a powerful medium, because back up the previous year, we have always kept what we call a blessing box. I mean, that was one of the things when we started when we were married, we would, every time something awesome would happen to us, or a, a struggle we would overcome, we would write it down and we would put it inside of this little box that we had decorate for New Year's. And on and, we, and so every week well, on Friday night, we would usually say well, what our blessings were for that week or if there was something special that happened during the week, we'd write it down, put it in there. And at, um, between Christmas and New Year's, we would break open that box, kind of like a little time capsule and go through and read what our blessings were for that year. And like, well, we can go back and not only just read the blessings that we had, we can relive those blessings because that video was really fun to watch for us because we were just reliving us going out there and making this really, really cool trip. And so we went back and we made another video on a trip that we had made prior to COVID where we had went out to the Grand Canyon and it was mostly just pictures because we weren't vlogging at that point in time. And then we get to where my wife says, somebody she knows from India wants to interview us as an American family. Um, his whole YouTube channel is based around interviewing Amir Gairos, which my wife is from India, her, and her people group is called Gairo. And the uh, Gairos that have left Gairos, and what are they doing? And so we're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do some video for somebody. Like, we finally end up doing it, and she did it. And it's like, yeah, he released the video and stuff like that, and he just wanted to say thank you and whatnot. Um, well, that weekend, we were going to take our first getaway ever. that We had, ne we, we had never taken a big getaway since we had kids. It was just the two of us. We were filming it and we were getting a little bit better. We had actually bought like a little tripod and trying to get a little bit more professional with the vlogging stuff. And then she got like some notifications like, man, we got some views on a video. And they started looking at it and this video started going, blowing up. 
And then we realized that when that video blew up, we went back and looked at some of our other videos where most of our videos were averaging between maybe 50 to 100 views, which we were pretty proud of, which is pretty good when you have less than 50 subscribers. Sure. Right? I mean, that's a decent sized church for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and we were really, we were really, really proud of that one. And then like our, all of our Bible study videos were getting, we were getting five, 10, eight, 8,000 views. See, and our one blog video had got, had jumped up to like 25,000 views. And we're like, what in the world is going on? And we went from about, we went from 47 subscribers to breaking 10,000 that first weekend. Wow. And because we're just of this like, one guy who interviewed you. Yeah. And, and he didn't shout out our channel. So I, my wife, we still to this day do not know how they found our channel because our channel had, did not link our name. Like neither one of our names were in there. It was linked to my own personal Gmail account. And so I'm not sure because how they found out about it, we didn't post about it on social media. Again, to us, it, it's amazing that they were able to find it. I, I, I don't know because we didn't know anything about hashtags or we did none of that stuff. We said Bluegrass Parkway trip. It came out nowhere like, well, man, this is something that could actually maybe be something very, very fruitful because we talked about it. It's like, because, you know, we prayed on the trip, Shit. you know, we just kind of recorded our kids saying a prayer over our, our meals and stuff like this. Like, well, this could be something where we can really show how a Christian family lives because some people think that, well, well, as, as, as a pastor, family, first uh, they think pastors, we're super pious and we never do anything fun. And, you know, all we do is sit around and pray all day. Newsflash, we don't. We do more than that. And it's like, well, we can show what actual Christian living is like and what life in America is like for us. And so we started kind of transitioning into not just trying to record our family's things, but showing what family life could be like when you put Christ at the center of your family. I'm curious about those early conversations with your wife. In in my experience, filming with my wife has been both really, really, really fun and also in certain situations, depending on the circumstance of life, really, really stress-inducing. Do you have that experience as well or is it all just kind of, it just works out? Your your wife loves the camera and you get to have a, that good dynamic together. She loves being behind the camera. Oh, okay. Um, she's she's not and she's okay with being in front of it when she's talking about stuff because she is a school teacher. She likes she likes to do those type of things. But what works out like so one of the things that we have done with our family is like when we go on a trip, we we record it. Our kids record. They they our kids love being in the videos. They like goofing off being in the videos. It's absolutely the most fun thing for them ever. I, like, I remember it's, getting to meet your your daughters and I said, hold on, let me ask you a real question. Does dad make you do the videos? And they were like enthusiastic. No, 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 no. We we love to do the videos. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Like, Because oftentimes ministry comes at the expense of family, but you found mm -hmm. a way to do both together. Well, and it also, it, it encouraged us to travel more and to spend more time as a family because we were able to minister to other families while being able to be a family herself, I think that strengthened us. My wife likes doing, you know, it's kind of a stress relief for her to do some video editing and doing some of that stuff because my wife is a creative person, period. So it really wasn't that hard, but we do make it a point when we do go on vacations and trips, we do have like a, we usually set like a no filming day that this day is going to be just us going out and enjoying whatever it is. Going to try to do a lot of filming on this day and stuff like that. So we do try to make sure that, they, or or if not an entire day, we'll put pockets of time where, hey, we're just, let's just enjoy this area. Let's don't really worry about filming this. Um, and even if it could be a really cool video, this is like, man, this would make it really good. Like, no, we just want to enjoy this as a family. And so I think that's helped us in the stress aspect of it. So it hasn't been super stressful because, you know, literally pull out the camera. What are our experiences? What do you think about this? Because we know that at worst case scenario, no one ever watches it. We go back and watch it at the end of the year and we're reminded how good God has been to us throughout the year. And so in that aspect, it really isn't a lot of work and stress because we've never cared about what the numbers were. 
we've never cared about impact, so to speak, because it is just us sharing our family with other people. And the responses we got from that have been amazing. Like so many people have said, they're saying, hey, can you adopt us into your family? I love your family. I wish my family could be more like your family or, you know, and we've even gotten questions on that. Like, how do you do this? How do you guys do this and stuff like that? We've been able to answer some of those questions privately in DMs. It's kind of where I tried to go with my own personal um, social media influence with Instagram and things like that, trying to address some of those concerns. It's been really impactful. It's been really fun um, for us to do. I can't say it's not without stress because whenever we start, you know, because typically we're trying to do one a week, one video a week doesn't always happen. And sometimes it goes to two weeks and we've gone as much as three weeks without putting a video. We start getting a little stressed on when it comes to what are we going to put out now? (laughs) It hasn't been super stressful in that aspect of it because there's always content for us to produce because our family is active. We do things as a family and we've had videos that is that are as simple as what's it like for us on a day? So going to the park, you know, we feel like our value proposition is almost innate and it is what does a Christian life look like? And we don't curate just the best parts of it either. Now we don't go into it and start filming our arguments or our fights or anything. We don't, we don't go into all that kind of stuff. Cause we're not trying to be, we're not trying to be that one, but you know, we just film what's going on. And we have tried, you know, we've tried doing, you know, some real fun things that we thought were going to be great. You know, the whole idea make, you know, one for them, one for me type of thing. You know, we've, we've, we've heard that type of thing, but really boils down to, and what we have come to the conclusion is we enjoy watching our videos. We enjoy the way our family interacts and we believe that we have got good chemistry as a family. We are naturally just, we, we, we're, you know, very fun and people like that. I've got friends of mine from 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 my Twitch days that are gamers and stuff like that that are as about as vulgar as they come, and they love like I will get messages like immediately after posting a video, and the guy's like, "Man, I'm when I'm having a bad day, I throw your YouTube channel on repeat." And it's just like, <laughs> "Wow, that's awesome!" You know? And it's and, and and these are you know this come from people who are not religious at all. So our value proposition is that wholesome family life because we generally like each other and. I would say that would be the, that's what people are tuning in for is they're tuning in to see a family because, well, I don't want to, I don't want to sit there and say, it's like, you know, we're like to leave it. We're like to leave it the beaver to some of them people, but it's just like, it is like, we, we do have that aspect of we're, we're putting our family out on display. Closing words, any parting bits of advice to your fellow digital missionaries out there or people who are kind of on the fence about to jump on in. Don't overthink it. Just do it. It's not going to be perfect. It may be ugly. You may hate it later. You know, it's like, what was that meme that says feeling cute might delete later? Just go ahead and post it if you're feeling cute. And if you have to delete it later, uh, archive it. Don't delete it because yeah. you never know. That that would be that would be my that would be my advice. Perfect. I love if it. you're feeling cute, post it. <laughs> so simple and so good. Don't overthink it. Here's the thing. The critical thinking part is important and there's a good deal of prayer and strategy that can be involved. But at the beginning, just get started. Grab a stone, put it in your sling and swing it round and round. We can talk about the best techniques on how to take down giants later. But the important thing is to actually start 
practicing today. And if you actually happen to be at the place where you're finally ready for the nitty gritty strategy, the tech stuff, and all the other questions that come up on this journey, you can always take our free empty pews to a million views masterclass. And if you'd like us to send it to you for free, send us an email at hello at digitalmissionspodcast.com. Who knows, in a few years or maybe even a few months, it might be you on the other side of this podcast sharing your success story with us. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Digital Missions Podcast. Do us a solid, leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend.